You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What up, everybody? <laughs> Live broadcast of the Triple Option presented by Knowles 24-7. I am here with my three best friends anybody could have, Coach Adam Brown, Kevin Little, the video vice lord, and the traveling man, the rambling, Brendan So Known. What's up, boys? Hello. How's What's it going? Run? I'm good. I'm live. We're doing it live. Are you guys live right now? You guys ready to go? A little live show interacting with the fans. Got my juices all got my juices all flowing. What about yourselves? Oh. I'm stressed in the mask, but we're good. Okay, so no, that's a hard no. It's been a horrible week. Listen. How many chickens have died? Five year old got a bead stuck in his ear, then he goes into inner ear infection. It's been it's a been a hell of a week, man. A bead a or, a or a bead, well, like a bumblebee? A bead, like like a craft bead. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. How, I don't. I don't know how that'll describe it. Well, I knew you shit. were. I knew you were a shit big show con. in the AB household. Okay. Well, the, the, well, listen. This will be your respite, as everybody else's who's on the live stream with us. Beads and ears, bees and ears, insects, craft objects, whatever orifice they're stuck in yours or your kids. <laughs> Let's talk about Florida State <laughs> football. Now, listen, guys, we're going live stream, obviously, on the old uh, on the Knowles 24-7 YouTube page. Right, guys? This is what this one's streaming off of. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Knowles yep. 24-7 YouTube page. We would invite all you guys to like, subscribe, tell everybody about it. We're putting a whole ton of content. And this is a very live uh, video channel right now. So subscribe, like, put your notifications on. Also, exciting development. This audio is also going to be on the On the Bench uh, podcast feed. It's going to be under its own special X's and Knowles. We're going to have like little different, like uh, what different episode indicators, different because it's going to start to become more of like a comprehensive feed. So look out for that. If you can't listen, if you're not with us now, don't worry. All of our audio is going to be going on that feed. So subscribe to that as well. Like five stars, blah, blah, blah. Anything that I miss, guys, before we can start talking about football. It'll potentially no. be a Knowles 24-7 podcast network, but working title. Mm, be on the lookout for a new RSS name. Very exciting. Listen, big things are happening, just like big things are happening for Florida State football. My God, look at all these notes. Brendan, you've been a busy little bee. You're on the road for ACC Media Days, but you decided to join us because we're going to be talking about two major things. Every year you compile your 40 most important players list for the Florida State University football Seminoles. And we're also going to be talking about everybody's favorite subject in the offseason, who got fat and who got skinny. We're going to be talking about weight changes, muscle mass, body composition. We're going to be doing it all. We're going to talk about both those things. First, I want to hop into your top 40 players list. It just concluded. You did a wonderful job on it. For everybody who's not familiar, Brendan, you put together this list every offseason, and you say top 40 most important players. What the hell does that mean? How do you come up with this list? Is it the best? Is, is, is it the most important of the team? What is it? It's the most important. What a nebulous, wonderful term, right? It can mean Yes, a lot you of vague little boy. Now tell me what it means. <laughs> I basically make it to where no one can quite yell at me because I can just say it can mean whatever you want to mean. Uh, to me, important essentially means how hard would that player be to replace? How much of an impact can they make on wins and their absence have on losses? Uh, and really, I try to put positional value into it as well, Trey. Like a quarterback is going to be inherently more valuable than 
uh, a fullback. Sorry, fullbacks out there, but just you know, touching the, the ball every play is gonna gonna be a little different. So uh, those are some <laughs> of the factors I try to try to put into there. Also, like upside potential. Uh, what if that player like reaches that threshold? What that would mean? Like last year, Andrew Parchment was in the top five. We could say he certainly wasn't a top five player in terms of production Negative. or quality, but his impact to the team. You saw how much the passing game struggled. If he was the 2019 version of Andrew Parchment at Kansas, uh, then you're cooking with something. Hell, that could probably be a, an extra win uh, at the end of the day that he probably nets you. But that's not really what you got out of him, and, and hence the passing game was awful. So yeah, that's basically how we try to weigh, quote-unquote, important. Right, so it's a little bit of analysis, evaluation from what they've done, a little bit of prognostication. Hello, Adam, good to have you back. A little bit of prognostication, uh, a little forecasting of what they're going to do. I like it. It almost kind of sounds like it, like an NFL draft, right? Like you, you try to pick the combination of fit, best player available. One thing I do have a question for you, because we're going to be, it's 40 players. I want to break it down in chunks of 10. I do want to, Ask like there were some guys that didn't make this list, and we can. Do you want to go th- either through that now, or do you want to go through that after we've talked about all forty? Uh, we can go through it now because they are kind of the yeah, outside looking in types. What was? Uh, and I've got a whole list of them right here. Who are the toughest guys for you to cut? Well, so first off, a mistake. I totally forgot about Greedy Vance. I had him on the list, and then I just <laughs> he was on my list. <laughs> so he probably would have been in like the. He's probably like a your fourth cornerback so he probably would have been at the back end of the the 30 range anyways but probably deserved to be uh, on the list well vance was getting a lot of a lot of nickel snaps right right (laughs) yeah in the spring so yeah so he's right kev you're what you're like your third or fourth corner probably so yeah which we play three corners so that that's pretty important (laughs) yeah yeah no that's uh not trying to not trying to Rub it in, just trying to add oh yeah no no, we're gonna we're gonna rip your list to shreds. Adam I've got (laughs) some names here before I read them out, are there any names from you looking at Brendan's list that you were just aghast, just aghast that he didn't put on his list? And if you can't think of any that are on the list, I'll name some and I'll get you fired up. How about that? No, I mean, I thought that uh, Greedy was the only main one that was kind of left out. He was the only one that like stood out at me and I was like, oh, where's he at? Why isn't he on there? But I mean, look, don't top 40 lists. Like, there's nothing easy about that. So, uh, People are going to leave stuff out. I'll leave the ripping when it's the ripping section of the of the oh. uh, top 40 list because, I mean, any list that includes a, a Y and a Y is, I mean, I think oh, immediately, yeah. immediately can just be set aside, right? That'll be fun. That's at the very end. So uh, that's, a, that's a, <laughs> what we like to call a tease in the biz. So wait for that. But some <laughs> names that didn't make the list, uh, Greedy Vance aforementioned. Sam McCall didn't make the list. I thought that, that was, was interesting. Mm-hmm. Sidney Williams, who actually got a lot of burn as a young player. The linebackers didn't really, yeah. Dix didn't make it, Gainer, I don't know, Gant didn't make it. Uh, Josh Farmer, Daniel Lyons. There wasn't too many others that really stood out to me. Oh, Wait, Gainer actually, didn't make it? No, no, no he did, did, but he's that's that's a note for later. He's lower than I think a lot of the fan base would expect. So you can either agree with Brendan <laughs> or crap on Brendan afterwards. One name that didn't make the list that I thought was interesting was Keyshawn Helton. Mm-hmm. from the wide receivers it was that a tough cut for you or was that fairly easy based on all the transfers that came in it it was tough because keyshawn has been like in the 20 range the last couple of years and that's right polarizing and people are always like oh if he's our 23rd most important player we're probably in trouble and lo and behold like the passing game has been in trouble <laughs> so um yeah. so yeah I, he probably like you can reasonably say you know he's in the top you know 30 or so potentially but like 
I don't know if he's going to be returning punts this year. I don't know if you want that. So the value's diminished a little bit there. I mean, Kev, you're at practices. Like, was Keyshawn, like, even in the top four or five this, this spring? He seemed pretty limited to me. Yeah, it's kind of hard because it feels like in the spring especially, they were kind of leaning on uh, experience and kind of not trying to show their hands by by throwing transfers or, or young guys in ahead of uh, experienced players that, they'll probably get more snaps than come season. Um, but yeah, I think he's your, your fourth wide receiver right now. I mean, third wide receiver. When you go out and get four wide receivers, it, isn't it hard to list some of those guys? I mean, it, and he didn't exactly have a blow you away kind of season last year. I mean, it makes sense that he would be yeah, right, he exactly. One, maybe falling down that list. Well, yes. that's exactly what happened. Let's, I want to start it off every normally list go from 40 to one. Don't care. I care about my uh, my listeners' time. We're going one to forty. I'm starting off boom Ooh, with a bang. Finish the whole strategy, uh, count. Let's see how it plays out. Right. Well, I guess we will. So we're going to talk about in chunks of ten. The first ten. So I'm going to name the first ten names. Number one, Jordan Travis. Not really a surprise uh, at all. Brendan had a really good article about that with like that. I thought it gave some very detailed analysis. So it was it was an awesome article, Brendan. I'll let you talk about that here in a second. But he was number one. Number two, defensive tackle Fabian Lovett. Number three, safety Jamie Robinson. Number four, defensive end Jared Verse. Five, interior lineman Dylan Gibbons. Then we've got Amarian Cooper, Robert Scott at seven spot. Oh, back-to-back Bobs. Uh, Robert Cooper at eight, <laughs> Dennis Briggs at nine, and Tatum Bethune, the first linebacker, at number 10. So, Brendan, I want you to talk about Jordan Travis. I want you to talk about that really, really great article that's on Knowles 24-7. If you guys haven't read it yet, please read it. I think it was called 10 Reasons Why Jordan Travis is Better Than You Think, which, I mean, that's very presumptive, Brendan. I mean, the, very they could have the same opinion. However, I want you to talk about it. Then Adam and Kev, once he's done, you hop in and what you liked about the article or maybe some things that you would have added, weren't fleshed out, whatever you think. But, Brendan, go ahead and explain that because I thought it was very well done. Oh, thank you. First off, no one is uh, thinking of Jordan Travis the same way I am. I'm the the president of the Jordan Travis fan club, uh, JTrap5. So uh, <laughs> it is not presumptuous of me. It's actually a pretty fair assumption that no one feels about JTrap the way I do, uh, not to make it weird. So anyways, uh, with Jordan good. Travis and with this article, really what I want to do is kind of delve into some of the stats, some of like the more like metric-y numbers, not just basic stuff, and, and try to put context to it. Because I do think that there is I don't know if it's a vocal minority of the fan base or if it's a fairly large one. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but I think people get so enamored of their first impressions of, of anything in life, but for football context, like of players and what you see initially the first time. And, you know, the first examples of Jordan Travis that this Florida state fan base saw was him as a runner, but also him as a very limited passer. And even in 2020, uh, even as he got a little bit better as a passer, there's still a lot of limitations and uh, that kind of carried over to 2021 up and down performance at the start of the year. But really, as the season kept progressing, he kept getting better. I think it's something that Kev and AB saw as well, like especially going through this offseason, us all working together and going through uh, film, going through metrics and some of the fun like stat websites I've been able to share with them. Like there's all these numbers out there showing like, darn, like just as a passer, he's like a top 40 passer nationally. Then you blend that with his prolificness on offense as a runner. Like there's a lot there that I think gets lost in the weeds with Jordan Travis because some of it like optically doesn't look great. Uh, he doesn't always do it in, a, in an orthodox manner. So a lot of it was like clearing up these misconceptions. Like one thing that I'll point to in the article, and I won't go over all 10 points I made, but one was uh, that people think he can't throw over the middle of the field. 
because in 2020 it was a totally like it was it was barren wasteland there was no going over the middle of the field he wasn't throwing between the hashes and when he did why was he that because of his receivers play calling or what uh I think part of it was they didn't trust him to do that, to have the arm mm. strength and to have the confidence and zip just to, to get it, you know, 10 yards with, that's a high traffic area. There's a lot of bad things that can happen when you throw the ball in the middle of the field, depending on how the defense is playing you. And, and so I think it was a trust thing. And even like last year or this past season, Trey, he didn't really throw the ball over the middle a ton early in the year. I think like in the first four or five games, he only threw it in, in between the hashes, like intermediately, like 10 times. Uh, and then in the final hmm. four or five games, they got expanded about three or four times a game. Still not a huge part of the offense. It's a small sample size, but he was legitimately uh, the most efficient quarterback at the power five level when going uh, 10 yards downfield between the middle of the numbers. So again, small sample size, but like he was really good and effective. And I think part of that is because he's so mobile. Uh, the defense has to kind of drift with him a little bit. Uh, and that opens these big passing lanes where he can kind of just lay it up and get it to someone crossing over the middle of the field. So there's a lot of things about Jordan Travis that people don't appreciate, I think. And that's kind of what the story was supposed to point out is like, hey, he's maybe a little bit better than than a lot of people give him credit for. Kev, what'd you think about Brennan's story? Agree, disagree, anything you would have added? Yeah, I think I think he nailed it. And I think the really key point, not to nail it, nail it too hard, but the story with him is he can't throw the ball over the middle of the field. And I think based off eye test, based off everything we've heard in the media, the narratives that have surrounded him, this seems to be the the thing that comes up over and over when people want to hate on Jordan Travis. But when you look at the stats, when you look at the numbers, clearly he's not having trouble throwing the ball over the middle of the field. And maybe you can question whether he's holding the ball He's not throwing it um, when things are open and he's only throwing things when they're wide open. And that's why the success rate looks good over the middle of the field. But I mean, the graphic that I have up on the screen, you know, the middle of the field's his best, his best area of throwing the football. And that tends to be the case for kids that might not have the best arm strength. So um, he's a top 40 passer, but you, according to pretty much every stat, but it, you, you can't take that in a vacuum either. Um, we've talked about the wide receiver room struggling, the offensive line room struggling. So he's throwing this. He's a top 40 passer with a below average offensive line with a below average wide receiver room. It's, it's not like pitching stats where it's just pitcher versus batter. There's someone else catching the ball who very well could drop the ball, you know? Um, Correct. And that that's important to take into account. Adam. Anything else you want to add on Jordan Travis? Because I had a lineman question from this group of top 10. But if you had something you want to add on Jordan, I'll let you no, go back to back. I, I like I do like that, that both gentlemen pointed out the sample size because I do think that it does. I do think it, it can be misleading. Uh, go Knowles is commenting in the in the chat. And I tend to agree with them. Up, I think that samples. I think that sample size mislead. It, it can help us to draw some bad conclusions or some false conclusions when it comes to Jordan as a passer. But I do look at the last two games of the year for him. He was a 60% passer, uh, you know, around 250 yards a game. When they really kind of opened it up, they were doing some five-wide stuff and allowed him to, you know, be a quarterback, essentially. Um, so I, I agreed with Brennan's article. We, we workshopped a lot of that, and we've been workshopping a lot of that kind of uh, us on an aside, uh, Kev, Brennan, and myself. So I, we're all step in step with what we think Jordan Travis is. We think he's going to be a successful top 25 ish quarterback this upcoming season. Okay, yeah, cool. 
the, oh, the thing about the sample size is football is a low sample size sport, right? That's why people can look so different game to game because there's 40 plays, you know, like 50 plays per game. That That's not a big sample size no matter how you slice it. So you do what you can with what you got. And so far, the limited sample size we have says that he's an improved passer over the middle of the field. Yeah, Trey, Trey before you get to the lineman question, I, I've got one for Brendan. Uh, let me find it here. Yeah, please. Bombard us with questions in the chat. Yeah, we love a, you all. AJ Perry asked because I I think he would this this player bring it up slot. on screen. This player AB. would slot here. How do I do that? You he click can't on do it. it. He can't do it. He doesn't yeah, have can't. the only you know, ah, power. Son of a nutcracker. Oh, uh, you think this gives you power? <laughs> where where would Winston Wright be uh, in your top forty if he was healthy? Oh, that's a good question. Top ten, easily, easily. Yeah. Uh, he would have been if we knew exactly who he was going to be. Um, Micah Pittman, spoiler alert, is pushing at 11, I think. He's 11. Uh, yeah. He's okay. So he, first he's, wide receiver. Yep. We, we've got a question about a him bit. coming up. He's propped up a little bit because of Winston Wright's uh, questionable availability. Open to get an update with Mike Norvell on Wednesday morning at the ACC kickoff to kind of know what Winston's status is going to be uh, at the start of camp coming up here. But yeah, as healthy, Winston Wright would have been by far your most productive wide receiver. Uh, that you brought in on the roster, probably your most explosive. So top 10, I would even venture to say top five would, would be reasonable discussion to have. Nice. There you go, A.J. Perry. There you go, 73. Take it or leave it. All right, things that were interesting <laughs> to me, because you mentioned, like, positional importance. And on this first, like, crop of top 10, talking to the lineman, Adam, you've got Fabian Lovett, an interior guy, over Jared Verse, an edge guy, a pass rusher, which is interesting. Because normally when you see like things in the NFL draft, there's always more of a premium put on the pass rush. Another thing that was interesting is you've got Florida State's assumed or definitely going to be their left tackle, Robert Scott, below Dylan Gibbons, another interior lineman. So, Adam, did, did you agree with those rankings? Do you think that the talent gap justifies putting those guys over um, some other dudes that have more important positions on the team, at least like historically, just going by like what GMs like do in the NFL draft? <laughs> Yeah, uh, the value obviously is there, especially in the NFL and quarterbacks, you know, defensive ends, left tackles, right, you know, and right tackles, I think, to some have come a, come a long way and then down at D-back. Um, uh, I, I thought that putting Fabian Lovett number two overall in, his, uh, in the top 40 was interesting. Um, be, simply Disagreement. Disagreement. Well, simply, That's simply what I want. He's a standpoint that I think that uh, – I think that, you know, I, if Brendan is the J. Trav Hive president, I've been the Jamie Robinson president uh, <laughs> from day one. Yes. Um, nobody Full stood credit. on that. Nobody, nobody stood on that young man's shoulders like I have. He, he's, uh, I think he's the best football player on the team. I, uh, he would have been my number two. He would have been pushing number one for me, but you're always going to put the over the quarterback, dude. You're always going to put the quarterback number one. I get it. I get it. But I think that. I think this defense goes as Jamie Robinson goes. And I think we saw that last year when they were able to get him back to that free safety spot and get him comfortable there. And they took him out of that nickel role. The deep, the, the back end of the defense really kind of got solidified and they started playing a lot better. I think we're going to see his impact felt even more this upcoming season as they're able to do even more with him as he's in his second year of the system and more comfortable. So for me, he would have moved up as for the line question. Uh, uh, I'm an Eagles fan. I remember back to the days of Andy Reid and, uh, you know, those the, 
his tenure when he was with Philadelphia Eagles, and they always believed in building the, the uh, building your defense right down the middle with your tackles, your linebackers, and your safeties. Um, so I, I'm cool with valuing a, a player like Fabian Lovett, who I think is probably your best defensive lineman. I think he's got the most defensive upside or, or defensive line upside. A player, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he goes, you know, day two of the NFL draft. Um, I'm not sure what kind of feedback he's gotten. But he's a super talented player. He's probably he could be your most disruptive in the in the middle there. I think he could take games over if he can find that consistency, uh, game in game out, rep in rep out. Um, so it, it's cool with him being up there. Um, you know the offensive lineman. I, I think it, I think it speaks to the value of those positions. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're as talented uh, of, of players as some of the guys around them. But I do think it speaks to the the value that you got to get out of those guys and the importance that they are going to play in the success of this team this year. Regardless of position, who's everybody's like three or four best players on the team? Just best, regardless of position. I, I did an real quick, I did an exercise after the spring, before the spring and after, where I just top players. So instead of important, like if I was writing it in the sense, I love lists. Uh, if we were doing it in the sense of like <laughs> the NCAA video game series, like an overall grade. Yeah. Uh, I think Jamie Robinson and Fabian Lovett are your one, two. And I think you can, uh, for this list, they were two and three for me, but they were interchangeable. I could have made an argument for either one of those guys. Uh, and then after that, I, mean, I think Jordan Travis is up there for as far as what he does as a quarterback. Um, maybe Robert Cooper would be the other one I would put in that list in terms of just overall uh, knowing what you're going to get out of them. Um, but yeah, those would be probably my three to four best guys on the team. Okay. Interesting. You two guys, Adam, Kev, you agree with that as far as like who just, like I said, regardless of just whatever position they play, just the best football players on the team. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cooper up there in that discussion by the end of the season as a top five uh, um, player. Amario, Amario, and Robert. Cooper? Yeah. Yeah, Duke. Okay. Um, he was great in the spring. Yeah, he, I mean, he looked really solid. Um, top five today and top five end of season could be like drastically different. I yeah, mean, true. I think, yeah. I think, going I think he's today, borderline top five today. Yeah, I think going into today, it's Coop, um, Verse, uh, Jamie, J- Jordan, and, and Lovett. Um, okay, so I not too different. Not too end different of, than end, this list. End of season, I mean, I think you could see Trey Benson being in there if yeah. he has the kind of year that, I mean, I think some people think he might be able to. All right, let's move on to the next phase, 11 through 20. One thing I did, uh, do you guys all think that Tatum Bethune is the best linebacker on this team? No. Yes, I do. I think Dulwich is better. I think okay. Tatum Bethune. Uh, at has- Brendan Adam, you guys talk. Why you think Deloach? Why you think Bethune? Because we're like, Kalen's at number 18, so we we're going to talk about him anyway. Might as well just get this little comparison done right now. I oh. think Deloach is just a better athlete. He is more athletic. Deloach has a little bit more range to him. I'll like I'll tag I'll tag Kevin here for me because he was there in the spring. Uh, when I'll just say real quick, when Bethune hits you, uh, there was a little bit of a different oomph that you could you could sense in here. Uh, which Man, whatever like. UCF bias, not buying it, <laughs> Sky Boy. I think I think they're different players. I think they play different roles. Um, I think that you know. Kalen Deloach is more of more of a traditional will linebacker where Bethune is more of a traditional Mike linebacker. I think, um, you know, Deloach is more what you're looking for in a modern linebacker. I think he's a little bit faster, a little bit more fluid than Bethune. 
Um, I think the the reason why I would say I think right now Bethune's a better linebacker than than Deloach is because I think Balloon uh Bethune has better instincts as a linebacker. And I think that can't be understated. Um, I think there were still some times, even towards the end of the year, he he improves throughout the season, but there were times towards the end of the season where Deloach was still a step behind. He made the wrong read. He he was overcommitted. Um, and so I think he's the better athlete. I think he has a higher upside, but I think right now Bethune is the better linebacker. Okay, that's fair. All right, just want to get that out of the way. Number 11, wide receiver Micah Pittman, the Oregon transfer. Number 12, Darius Washington. We don't know what position he's going to play on the offensive line. Trayshawn Ward, Trey Benson. That's interesting. I get a little uh, talk. It's funny because we talked about Trey Benson, but he's ranked below Trayshawn Ward. I'll be at one spot. Akeem Dent, the safety 15, Dimitri Emmanuel, Big Meech, Larry Hoover, number 16, <laughs> Caden Lyles at number 17, which is interesting. There was some discussion, at least on this program, if he was going to be your starting center. 18, DeLoach, we talked about him. 19, Kevin Knowles, 20, 20, Tate Roadmaker, Kevin, smiling at that one. That is, <laughs> that is interesting. So... <laughs> Anything, does anything on this portion pop out to you guys? Actually, Adam, didn't you say somebody was asking about Mike? Yeah, go, poor Go Knowles. He's dying to have his question answered about Mike Pittman. All right, well, let's, get, let's, let's, get it up let's here. relieve yeah. him at the bottom of the chat. Let's relieve old Go Knowles. So, why is Micah Pittman valued as a fringe top 10 player when he does not necessarily have the production to back up that ranking? Mm. Is it because is it because of the wide receiver play uh, in that room? No, yeah. no response. Brendan, that sounds like that one's directed towards you, kiddo. Yeah, that's that's it. The wide receivers were really bad last year. We documented this in the failure launch series that that we all kind of worked on together. And and I had drew the wide receiver short straw and wrote about that position group. And it was arguably, if not definitively, the worst wide receiver unit at the Power Five level. Uh, Micah Pittman certainly isn't the elixir that's going to make you a high octane passing attack, but he does certainly have the ability to, to raise the floor and add a level of competency to that position group. So he, he's gadgety. You could do different things with him. We've saw him in the spring uh, that he can do some things after the catch. He's powerful with the ball, uh, but also win 50, 50 balls downfield. There's examples of film of, of him winning one-on-ones and getting space off the line of scrimmage, which <gasps> you can do that as a wide receiver. I know guys <laughs> don't freak out. Uh, yes. And um you know, I know the, the spring game wasn't a great showing, but, but there's evidence of him fielding punts and returning it in games as well, which I also added into the mix because it was so atrocious last year. Being confident at it probably saves you 100 yards of, of offense if you could just field the ball cleanly. So, yeah, that, that's why he's – I know the production isn't great, but um, someone's got to catch the ball, and he might be the best of the group right the now. Fa- the fact that your number one wide receiver, based on Winston Wright's health, but the first ranked ranked wide receiver – is the 11 shut up mofo um the fact that your number one wide receiver according to this list is only the 11th most important person on your entire team that shows you just how bad that, and people that, are that, still that, questioning yeah. that yeah exactly that's still too high that just shows you like how bad this unit was last year so i'm good with that um adam Caden Lyles, do you have him right now as your starting center? What do you think of that ranking? Should Mo be there? I mean, do you think that have you changed? Because I, I remember you didn't think Caden Lyles was going to be the starting center, right? Game one. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm still not sold. Um, uh, 
uh, we'll, we're going to see on that. I, I, I'm anxious to see in the in the summer when camp gets started here in a week or so where he's going to be at. Um, it, it was interesting to me. We're going to get to some of the player weights here in a little bit, but it was interesting interesting to me that Marie Smith was listed at, at, at 288 pounds, almost 290 pounds. It was like a 15 or 16 uh, pound weight gain for him. Uh, so if Maurice has put some weight on, we know that they like him. Um, we do know that they wanted to give him a little bit of an opportunity to kind of take a step back um, this year and hope that Caden Lyles sees, you know, sees that job. But we didn't see in the spring. I wasn't necessarily confident in what I saw uh, with some of his footwork and stuff like that that led me to believe he was going to take that job. So. I mean, we're going to see. I think it's a little high just based on the fact that we're not 100% that he's going to start. But that's sneaky, sneaky Brendan. He he often knows a lot more than he lets on. Yeah. Well, 17-pound weight gain, actually, the official, which is about how much poundage I put on since Taco Bell brought back the Mexican pizza. So good <laughs> for Mo. Now, listen, Kevin, you're the What's biggest that? You're the biggest Tatey that ever tated on a, on a tating forum. <laughs> he's the only Tate. 20 for Tate Roadmaker. What say you about right? Or would 20 be the spot of no matter who the backup quarterback was just with, and, and also Brendan after, after Kevin either agrees or disagrees with your Tate raking is Tate being so high a function of his ability, his projection or going all you suck. No more questions from you. Uh, <laughs> or is that really just uh a function of how scared we are about Jordan Travis's health. Kevin first, then you, Brendan, marinate on it. And go Knowles, how dare you slander the Mexican pizza? Just disgusting, disgusting behavior. Yeah, I think I think clearly it's it's got to be because of his um, the injury concern over Jordan Travis. He hasn't played a full season yet. Um, 22 high for you, Kev? I think that 20 is kind of where <laughs> I would put him. Um, this is... Just about, low for you, Kev. <laughs> I think I think twentieth uh, is is a reasonable ranking. Um, <laughs> I think that we, we are laughing for the audio listeners. Somebody has done a just a bang up Photoshop of uh, Tate Rotomaker as the Heisman winner. Um, just just fantastic. Um, okay, so you, what what do you what do you like laughing at the stupid Photoshop? Great radio. Is twenties tw- about right for you, Kev? Yeah. Uh, all jokes aside, I think 20, 20 is right. He's the backup quarterback. He will be the most important player on the field if Jordan Travis goes down. So you've got to have, have him on the list. Um, I think realistically, uh, Jordan Travis probably will go out at some point in time and, and Tate Rotemaker, as long as it's in the first half of the season, Tate Rotemaker is going to be the guy that goes in. Um, it's yet to be seen whether or not. Um, Interesting that you worded it like that. I, I not to say that he wouldn't be at the end of the season, but I, uh, I think, I think once um, AJ Duffy's able to get some snaps under his belt, uh, th- there might be more of a consideration for, you know, what's the best thing for the team moving forward in terms of who should be getting these snaps. Um, but at the beginning of the season, you need to win games, and I think Tate Rodemaker gives you the best chance to do that at the beginning of the season. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. I want to, I want to delve into that a little bit deeper because I know Brendan has said it, and I know there are other outlets out there that have discussed Tate Rodemaker's progress in the in the spring. And now we're having the conversation that maybe AJ Duffy's going to take away some snaps as the season goes on. 
Hate yeah, you two guys were out there. I mean, what do you think? Tate Tate Rotomaker gets in. How t- the panic level one to ten if he gets some snaps as your quarterback in a game of importance? Last year we would have said based on what we've seen the previous season ten, right? Yeah. If he got in the game, uh, big time ten, not ten, a ten, a ten. Almost caught me there. <laughs> Let's continue the quote. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, probably like a six or seven. Like I still would have a lot of concerns, but uh, he did definitely get better in the spring. And okay. Most people don't want to admit to that, but but uh, there was progress. Do you think you, Kevin? Do, I mean, Kevin, you kind of alluded to it uh, before you caught yourself, Brendan. Do you think that there's any chance that a game ten, if there was a Jordan Travis injury, that you could actually see AJ Duffy in place of Tate Rotomaker based on what you saw in the spring? Potentially, I think a lot of it depends on what they do progression wise during the season uh, the staff does legitimately like Tate Rodemaker like they do think highly of him they think that there's still uh, a lot of development that he can he can have uh because really he had that the 2020 season was kind of weird so last year was really they look at like his first full year of normal football and you've already seen progress and strides so I mean it's reasonable to like maybe long term you, you try to invest in Duffy especially if you're talking about like Mike Norvell job security. If you can sell like, Hey, this guy came in as a true freshman and you know, looked adequate. We know what we're doing at quarterback. And this is kind of our linchpin moving forward. I guess I could see that all kind of like meld into this nice little narrative. Uh, but I, I, that's really far off. I, I think that Tate was far ahead of AJ Duffy throughout the spring. Uh, yes. Yeah. But it wasn't even close, but you know, the guys are allowed to develop during the course of the season too. Okay. We're halfway done. I'm going to kind of speed through the back half. We're going to do groups of 10. Anything that sticks out at you guys, I want you to know, because I do want to get to the player weights and I want to take questions. If there are questions kind of piling up in the chat, we want to be very like interactive. Um, Adam, any questions before I kind of get through this next 10? Okay. No, it's good next enough. 10. We already talked about this 21 Winston, Wright, Number 22 bless Harris, which is interesting based on where we think he could start 23 Johnny Wilson. 24 Ontario Wilson, 25 Mo Smith, 26. You're starting veteran tight end Cam McDonald at 26. That's interesting. 27 Derek McClendon, uh, 28 Malik McLean, 29 Renardo Green. That kind of popped out at me a little bit. I thought that was kind of low. Uh, 30 Lawrence to a feeling. Anything that pops out to you guys there? And I think it is interesting yes. that literally, I think every Ontario Wilson was your first non transfer wide receiver mentioned at 24. Wow. Yeah, uh, I think I think McClendon deserves to be higher personally. Uh, what do you think about that, Brandon? I, I, Defend yourself. <laughs> okay, fair. I mean, I, McClendon's uh, definitely uh, he's the physical transformation has been impressive. He's up, he's at 245 pounds now, but it's been a transformation of like uh, taking some bad weight, turning into muscle. He looked more explosive in the spring for sure. But he's also a guy who I mean, he had four sacks last year, and that was as a pass rush specialist with. Uh, being able to kind of clean up on a lot of what uh, Jermaine Johnson and, and Kier Thomas were doing. So uh, I think, I mean, it, in the mid twenties, he's a high end backup, which is basically how I view him. So, okay. yeah. I think the thing with McClendon and why you can justify him being so much lower than burst, despite potentially starting above him at some point at the beginning of the season is because you kind of know what you have with Derek McClendon. You, you kind of know that yep. he's going to be a step ahead of last season and he's going to be a solid answer at defensive end. But we're not asking who's the, the best player. We're saying who's the most important. And Verse could either not be ready for Power 5 competition, or he could be a guy that flashes and stands out. And so 
that's why he's so highly rated as a potential impact player as uh, compared to McLendon. In my opinion, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Malik McLean, 28. That's I actually, I feel that that's a correct ranking based on what we've seen. That's disappointing. Like with the kids catch radius and his athletic ability, I think we could all kind of agree on that. I'd really like for that to change. I really like he, we thought that he might have potential to be a number one wide receiver and we've got him. God, he's either the fourth or fifth on this list. And and he apparently, and Kev can attest to this. He was pretty like kind of, I don't say mediocre. He was just quiet in the spring. Like he wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. He just he just didn't really pop out with some other guys were. Uh, but uh, indication is that he's been one of the better wide receivers uh, during some of the OTA you know, player workout stuff. So they're really excited about what he's done uh, in in the summertime. So we'll, okay. we'll see. Player player on this list not named Winston Wright that has a chance to rise the most in this in this range. Johnny Wilson, oh. maybe. This, yeah, Johnny Wilson's this. the one I would have had a biggest problem with for the exact reason that verse was rated so high, right? Because if Johnny Wilson goes off, your offense is mm-hmm. is I'm, there's you have a top fifteen offense if Johnny Wilson is. And the way he's he going to be used be. in the blocking game, I really think. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Kevin. As far as like a mover on the I Toa Feely at 30, like I, I think he's definitely not I think he's more talented than the 30s, 30s best player on the team. That's just a function of how the, the running backs are gonna be used. So he I think he could actually he has potential to go up higher. But yeah, man, Johnny Wilson, some of those I could still, you know, I could still think of those like run blocking and clips that we saw from his highlights at Arizona State. That kid's disgusting. Like if he just catches the ball 30% more. Like, yeah, which is ridiculous. Like, I mean, your wide receiver should catch pretty much everything that hits your hands. He, but, dude, even with just a gradual improvement, the stuff that Mike Norvell can do with him is like that little nub, like at the end of the line and getting those angles on those like linebackers and cornerbacks and stuff. That is tantalizing. He's six opinion. foot seven, blocks like a tackle, runs like a wide receiver, just can't catch a football. <laughs> That's tough, man. That's a great that's combination. A, that's a weird combination. Uh, this is a toughie. He, he can catch the football pretty remarkably. It's just it's super inconsistent. He makes some pretty special yeah. catches too. Uh, and this uh, for context, like this part part of, part of the list is probably like the least confident I am of any grouping. This is the one I uh, you guys could argue with me, and I'm just gonna pretty much uh, put my tail between my legs and and take it right now because this is like Winston Wright could eventually like if he's what he was pre injury mm-hmm. top five. Bless Harris could be your starting right tackle. And be a top ten guy. Tate Rodemaker, if he gets in the game, you know, week two, he's all of a sudden your most important player. Uh, Johnny Wilson, yes, yeah, so there's like half. Mo the- Smith might be your starting center. Cam right. McDonald is your number one tight end with a bullet, and like he's gonna get his opportunities if he can capitalize. He could be shoot up way up that list. I yeah, guess the so. thing with Cam is he's had two years of that, and it's like we kind of know what it is. It's kind yeah. of the Ontario Wilson, Keyshawn Helton range, where it's like no, he's a starter. Head. I'd have a, I'd have a tough time even having him in the top forty. Who? Cam McDonald, I think he's. I mean, I think he's a. He's a guy that we've advocated for and said, "Get him the ball, get him the ball." But it just seems like he doesn't make the plays when they come to him. And I know, but even the ball doesn't seem to find him. And I know he's a starter, but I'd almost, I'd almost rather go to using a guy like McLean as a matchup. Say White Rector or uh, no, definitely not McLean. Johnny Wilson, guys that can run and and jump and do a lot of things out there. Get a little weight on Burrell, and maybe he can kind of be. Yeah, in that I mean, role. it just—I don't know. I don't. I, I know they're going to use him, and McDonald's going to play because they're going to—they're going to play some twelve personnel. But yeah, it's just just a player. I think 
it's going to maybe get shuffled out of the fold a little bit. 900 guys in that tight end room. And we're already, we're still clamoring to convert people from other positions to it. That is a God. What a, what a strange, what a strange trip. That whole thing's been, I'm ready to move on to the final 10. Let's do it. All right. 31 slot fade specialist, Ja'Kai Douglas, 32 true freshman, Azariah Thomas, 33 <laughs> Alex Mastromano, um, <laughs> the Panta from Australia, 34 Amari Gaynor. I think that could maybe piss some people off. 35 Jared Jackson. I'm in tr- that one. I, I, I like Jared Jackson a lot, actually. Bonus rating, Justin Turnitin, 36 defensive tackle, Malcolm Ray, who continues to transform his body. We're in the body transformation brotherhood right now. DJ Lundy. I can't wait to talk about his weights. Weird. Um, after this, Jarquez McClellan, number 38, which I think would probably, that's where Brendan was talking about. Maybe Greedy Vance would have been around this range. 39, Shaheen Brown, number 40, Sinone Man Crush, Wyatt Rector. Um, Adam, just go ahead and just say what you want to say about Wyatt Rector. I'm just going to let you get that off your hey, chest right he now. He wouldn't be on this list if he, Brendan, I, I don't, I, <laughs> conspiracy theory. Brendan forgot Greedy Vance on purpose so he could put Wyatt Rector on the damn list. Maybe subconsciously. And Sam know? McCall. Yeah, uh, sorry. We'll I mean, I don't, I don't know if Sam's going to play this year. We'll see. Uh, do I, Why do you I say a, that based off his spring game performance? That's interesting. I want you to yeah, dive into that. Well, the he is very raw still. Now he's someone who continually got better over the spring. Uh, but and we're there at practice. There's some issues, like even like understanding like nuances of like fielding a return. So he's just, there's a ton of football he has to learn. I'm not okay. confident with thinking that he's going to be someone who is going to be relied on early. Maybe he's so good in practice consistently for weeks on end that you have to force him into the lineup by the end of the year. He's not someone I go into the season saying, yeah, definitely uh, you're going to have to play him. I could be wrong on that. What do you guys Zach, think about that? Zach comments that he killed it in the spring game. Just he saying. did. He did pick off that one pass in the red zone in which he knew where the ball was going. No, 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 no. There, there no, was, right. we, we broke down that. the spring game. Like that is true. That one is that he knew what the play was. That's practice he hero stuff. I was way more impressed with the physicality because yeah. the rap on yeah, him coming out that he, he was, wasn't yeah. physical. And I thought oh. he looked very physical in that uh, spring game. I mean, Azaria Thomas, I think has got kind of more upside in terms of just like the length and long speed. And just, I think more That's polished fair. and mature, but yes. in terms of just like this explosiveness, like fluidity, uh, Sam McCall, I will say him and his area, Thomas look completely different than what you have at the roster. Like most positions, just athletically the way they move. Um, so he has a chance. I just, yeah, I don't know. It, you're pretty set at cornerback. I, I don't know. I, I'm just not someone who I. You know what I hear right now? What? I hear wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I'm trying to get Wyatt Rector on the list. That's all I hear. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, even, one? Hello, is it working? Even if Justin Turnitin had made it on the <laughs> campus like a week earlier, Wyatt wouldn't have been on the, Wyatt Rector wouldn't have been on the list. So e- even my omission, uh, intentional or subconscious of Greedy Vance. Um, but hey, I guess you guys think special teams don't matter, is what I'm hearing, Coach AB. Yeah, I probably uh, hate special teams. You're talking to the wrong guy. Uh, okay, we don't play those I, games. I, I have a problem with this part of the list. Well, right. go ahead, Kevin. You're so agreeable most of chest. the time. I, I, what are you talking about, yeah, Mike? I, I, Let's talk just, about it. Unless I think Amari Gaynor's too high. Dude, at 34, you actually think he interesting. I mean, if you change the letters before his name, I think he might be there. But um, what to, into what? The end. <laughs> you it's, don't. It's you, not, 
It's not a well-kept secret. I think he's a defensive end. And that's just based off of his play in space. I mean, that's something it's, I, I know I, like you feel this way. So a Fox is a hybrid. Technically that, that role is a, is like a three, four outside linebacker. I think that's what Amari Gaynor was born to play. I think he was born to play outside linebacker in a three, four. The, he, he's the, playing middle linebacker in a four three. It's just not the right fit does, for him. Does him actually being an athlete, albeit one that's out of position a decent amount of the time at a at a position where we're we're bereft of athletes? Do you do you do you think that maybe that's why I contributed him to being on this list? Or what I mean, do you mean? I, mean that, I don't think his athleticism translates though at a stack backer. I don't, why he, do you say when that? He, when he's got to open and run, he doesn't do it that well. Um I mean, he does get sideline to sideline okay, but when it's time to open and run in pass coverage, I mean, he struggles at that just like DJ Lundy does. So I don't buy that, that his athleticism uh, is some great asset at linebacker. I I haven't seen it to, the, to date. I mean. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I know you guys feel that way, but I just I I think, he, I think he's appropriately ranked. It. I mean, I think this is a good spot for him. I, I actually probably would maybe even have him a little bit higher because – and I've been no, and I've been no fan of his game, but I do, I do think he's probably going to be your third linebacker, maybe your fourth. And when you're running a, a four three, which you will do like fifteen to twenty percent of the time, like he's, you're only running it if he's available. Like I don't even know who the backup Sam linebacker would be. Like I think mm-hmm. you, just, you scrap yes, that he out is, of your. He is your Sam linebacker, right? So you scrap that. I think more or less out of game plan if he's not there, which is which is fine, and you're only going to be able to use that effectively uh, sometimes. But like that is a role that he has. He has a clear defined role. And that's kind of what like the back end of the list, like you could go with, like we could go with the Sam McCall of someone who like right now, I don't know what his role is, but maybe by the end of the year, he's, he's so talented to where he's starting. Like you could roll the dice there or you go with someone who you feel like What's has, this? this is red. What is this, Kevin? <laughs> what is this, Kevin? What is this? Sorry. thing? I, I have this for the next video I'm going to put out here in the next week on, on X's and Noel's channel. But, uh, uh, this is a, a passer rating. So when targeted <laughs> the linebackers in coverage as a passer rating. Um, yeah. So for people that cannot, that are hearing this in the pleasure of their car, Amari Gaynor, when targeted gives up a 93.8% passer rating, which I'm guessing by this, it says that that is the 337th best in this case, 337th worst in the entire country. Yeah. Out of all is, linebackers out of all, how many total linebackers are there? Yeah. Uh, four, 400 ish. Three thirty-seven out of 400. Dope. Very dope. Um, okay. That's, I get yes. it. Let's, uh, <laughs> do you guys have anything else you want to talk? I thought we went through this list in great detail. Anything else before we want to get to the weights, Adam, are there some questions in the chat? I think we'll get through the weights pretty quickly. There's only like a couple in each one that really stand out. No, I think but... we, I think we've answered a lot of the questions that have come up, um, for the most part about kind of the, the players and the, their rankings. I thought you came out pretty good, Brendan. Came out smelling like roses, brother. It is a yeah, tough, bad. thankless job. And um, now that I'm part of the team, don't you dare ask me to do that nonsense because I don't want any part of it. Um, I, I think it's impressive that the, the top 40 lists comparing it to last year. That's what I, mean, I was going to ask. It, yeah, it's kind of night and day, right? I mean, the, the last year we're talking, it, you know, when you got down to like the 40th guy, it's almost like that guy shouldn't even be on the roster. This year it's, it really, I mean, we're talking about guys that are going to have potential roles and we do see upside AZ Thomas, Amari Gaynor, even though we've been tough on him, 
there is some upside. He can play a little yeah, bit. He, he, does, he, he does I, give you some value yes. uh, on your roster. Wyatt Rector even. My God, I'm going to say it. He can play special teams. Clip Holy this, Kev. Crap. Clip this now. Clip it now. <laughs> I, yeah, Brendan, I mean, you do this every year, man. Um, obviously, a much more improved roster than it was last year. As far as, like, the level of talent, do you see, like, in like a team that it's, like, analogous to? Like, does this compare to any, like, Jimbo team, any Taggart team? Like, what, what's a team that this reminds you of as far as, I mean, like, the, level of talent? Honestly, some of the Taggart teams had more talent than this one uh, did, but I, I think this team will win cool. more games. Cool, cool, <laughs> um, cool. yeah. Uh, so instead of answering, like, what I think it's going to be comparable to, because, I mean, I've only covered Florida State, well, I say only now, since 2013, and, and just so happens there was a lot of really good teams there yep. uh, from a talent perspective. May have covered, like, a run of uh, NFL draft picks that was uh, unparalleled for uh, at least a few years after that was setting records. So this team isn't going to do that. But if we want to compare it to last year's team, and that is the one thing I really like about this exercise, because honestly it is a tedious exercise. It's something just to kind of pass the time in, in the summer when we're in the dog days and trying to find content and have talking points. But it is actually informative for me to sit back, evaluate the roster thoroughly, and really try to like put things in tiers, figure things out, and I will say it is markedly better, and I felt much more better, much more confident uh, this year than I did last year. Last year I'm putting it together, and after like even like number one was Mackenzie Milton, like that was such a huge question mark. Andrew Parchment was a question. Even Devontae Love Taylor, we didn't know how healthy he was going to be, and he was in the top five. Uh, I feel much better about the depth. I felt like there were guys who I was putting off the list that I was like, ah, I think this guy would have a chance to make it in there. Depth is better, and even that like uh, maybe like five to like 15 range I think is got a lot more answers and and that's how I rank things like if you don't have a bunch of question marks if there's answers and I have some level of like background information of knowing I've seen this done before you just got to feel a lot better about it moving forward and I think across the board uh, there's a lot more baseline of like competency to, to believe in uh, this year's team than last year's well said Thank you. Let's move on to kid weights. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go right into the old quarterbacks. And the one that obviously pops out, Jordan Travis from 201 to 212, an 11-pound weight game. Uh, Rotomaker, hold serve, 196 to 196. A.J. Duffy from 223 to 214. Brennan is the 11 pounds, nothing to sneeze at, especially with the kid with Jordan Travis who the hasn't really – gotten a, put on a ton of weight uh at least at the beginning part of his college career does he look more the part does he look more sturdy is this functional weight going to help against injury that's all we care about is he still fast is he not going to get hurt <laughs> so first of all we saw him about a month ago and he did look a little bit bigger he said he was about 207 uh in june I was told a week or so ago that he was up to 220 <laughs> I don't know if that if he ever quite made it to that but uh, you know, weight does fluctuate, um, but you know, to be 11 pounds heavier than he was in the spring is significant. And it's significant for this reason. He's someone who struggled to keep on weight recently. Uh, he does. It's not a, a secret at this point. Like people know he has, uh, he has an uh, autoimmune thing that kind of makes it difficult for him to consistently keep on weight. Um, okay. So that's been great that he's been able to, that's a huge development. That's really positive. Uh, for Jordan to, to have that. So for him to be you know, significantly having gained weight this season and be, to be over a certain threshold, yeah, that's that's a big deal. That portends to him 
being able to, even if he gets hurt or misses some time during the season, like you're still going to, you're not going to be playing in the one nineties, which is something that was happening, you know, late last year after like the flu and whatnot. So that's, that's important. I don't know what that's going to portend to with, with uh, speed, uh, but I think, you know, he'll still be fairly explosive. Okay. Anything you guys want to add on that or no? I think that was pretty substantial. No, I I think more so than the weight gain itself, while it's significant for his health, I think it's showing that his body's, whatever they're doing to manage whatever it is. Getting some results. Yeah, they're getting results, and that's going to, I think that is ultimately going to be beneficial to his health throughout the course of the season. Agreed. Uh, moving down, running backs. Um, Treshawn Ward gained three pounds, and then everybody else kind of stayed the same. Do any of these guys look different? Brandon, I'm kind of uh, disappointed that we didn't see a couple more gains on some of these guys. Yeah, some of these are weird. Like, Trey Benson being the exact same weight that he was at the end of the spring. Lawrence Toffoli. Like, somebody, like I wonder if all these numbers are totally updated. Yeah. And they are supposed to be. I, listen, if I numbers are exactly the same, I can't, I same, can't that's imagine that, right? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> And it's like that for like about 30 to 40% of the roster, unless yeah. this weight staff is so damn good where they're able to keep people or sorry, the strength uh, staff, they're able to keep people in the exact weight all the time. But you fluctuate was, like five pounds a day. Or like that's even like the J Trav thing. Like people getting mad that he wasn't up to do 20. I've taken poops in the morning and lost like four pounds. Like it happens. It always goes there with you. doesn't After that wonderful true. reception you got on the last thing, you just couldn't wait to just drop that deuce right at the end. Fantastic. I'm with you. Listen, I, I don't want to criticize Josh. Yeah. Stone because I don't need him coming up to Iowa and bending me over, like, like breaking me in half, like Bane style. And like, I've doctored by the doc. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't you, need you, any you of that. to rub it in that yours yeah. was a better Bane impersonation. It wasn't oh, that. that quote gives you power. It wasn't that much better. It was still bad. We're both bad at it. Um, yeah, I got nothing for running backs, really. I, I hope that a lot of these are kind of typos. So I I, let me tell you, Trey changes. Benson. I had to. I had to talk to Trey. I didn't have to. I chose to talk to Trey for for a story that we're doing at, at start of preseason camp. He is gigantic. Like it was intimidating mm-hmm. sitting next to. Like his arms, like were popping out of his shirt. I just don't like uh, two. I don't know, he's 215 pounds. Like, he's got to be, like, 230. He was huge. It was crazy. I hope he is, and I hope he's going to be the bowling ball they need. That that kid, that is (sighs) – I'm interested to see – like, we haven't recruited since Mike Norvell has been there, like, a real game-changer at running back. I don't know if Trey Benson is going to be, like, a game-changer, game-changer, like, upper-level elite college football running back, but he looks like a damn good one. And Mike Norvell's gotten some really productive results with good running backs. I'm interested to see what he can do with a damn good one, potential really damn good one. The kid's got so, a chance to be different. Yeah. All right. Tight end. Let's see if there's anything here that pops up. Keep scrolling. Keep I mean, scrolling. Can, can up five <laughs> he put pounds. on five more pounds. Yeah. yeah he's at a career high there. Um, Douglas Markinson Douglas continues to lose weight. I he mean, he looked great in June when we saw him. He looked. Uh, he looked for him. And he's, he's, they call him Biscuit. Like, that's his nickname. So, <laughs> that yeah, top 40 on that alone. Uh, how, how does he look on the field, man? Does he look, I guess he's a redshirt sophomore. He's still got you know a couple they, more years to they develop, think, but they think he's legitimately like an NFL caliber talent. Um, why that isn't translating to him getting reps, I, I can't answer that question. I think he catches the ball pretty well. He's not going to like, he's not a vertical threat, but he's quick. And I, no, I, 270 pound tight end, a vertical threat. <laughs> If he was a vertical threat, <laughs> if he was a vertical threat, then there wouldn't be talk about him being an NFL right. tight end. Uh, 
it'd be definitive. But there's there's something there. Uh, that's the way I'll put it. There's something there. Yeah, I don't see anything else on that list that really jumps out to me. Kevin and Adam, what about you guys? Brian Courtney losing two pounds. I mean, I guess he's cut you know shredded, cut a little bit of the the baby fat and put some muscle on him. Curious to see what he does as he spends more time in the program. Jackson West. Um, that's a guy I've been high on. See if yeah. he can catch the football. Other than that, <laughs> lice. This is the detailed analysis you guys hear from. Uh, Maury, he did it. I'm not, here for the he por- did. I'm not here for the poor. Maury Smith it. finally weighs more than Marcus and Douglas. He finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> he finally that's made a, it. Good job, Pontagon. Yeah, have a party. Have a beer. <laughs> have a beer for that. Wide receivers. Uh, Keep up a lot, there was a lot of this nothing. the same. Yeah, yeah you said yeah. Pittman bulked up and then lost the weight. Yeah, <laughs> so what? So yeah, you, was, you put I that in your notes. Him, Why did you put he, that in there? He, he, I talked to him, and the and he was again like I'm maybe just part of this is because I'm sitting next to players who are usually watching from like a little bit afar, and I'm just like, yeah checking him out like a weirdo. Yep, absolutely. Well, I mean, pays the bills, and then people pay us to talk about it. So here Describe we are. Twenty four seven. Yep. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Uh, so maybe part of it is just like, you know, uh, standing next to abnormally big human beings. We're, we're not you know, normally used to that. Uh, but he said he was trying to lose 20 pounds before the season. And I'm looking at him like he looked bulky. He didn't look like out of shape. It was on his diet. Like he basically eats like a giant salad with a bunch of ranch dressing every day. And that's kind of like his main meal. Uh, and then eats a bunch of fruit. Uh, so I think a lot of the strategy was for some of these guys. A lot of like, lot of nutrition and ranch dressing. That's <laughs> solid. That's good stuff. That buttermilk really uh it may have been yeah. a Caesar dressing. I don't want to be I don't want to be misquoted. Hidden here. Valley, or, yeah. Or Hidden mis- Valley NIL well, sponsorship. It's just ranch there. with anchovies. It's kind of interesting because he's talked in some of his uh videos on his YouTube channel about that the staff was adamant that he needed to lose weight. Like they yeah. they wanted him to cut pounds. So I think he bulked up and then like now he's now he's losing it a little bit. Look, um, Brendan, you bulk and cut, man. This is that's, this that's is all I do. one. This is bodybuilding one on one. Bulk do span it two or three cut. is interesting to me. If, if they can unlock that? some of his, well, I mean, he's an explosive football player. Um, They're excited guy, about the guy that's him. got legit deep speed. If they can unlock some of his receiver ability this year, I mean, that's that's a big physical, um, explosive, fast player that can stretch a defense i mean that that's difference making type numbers right there they haven't had that they had tamori and terry for like half a season and that was you know not a not a great experiment for mike Norvell and tamori and terry but they haven't had like that that vertical field stretcher uh so far in the norvell era so like yeah that would be you can get him to run a nine pattern that'd be that'd be nice yeah terry did have a cool mask though all right let's move on to the offensive line because this is where some interesting stuff did happen as mentioned by the vaunted vontagon we finally have a center prospect who weighs more than all the tight ends on the team so yeah clap for maury smith (laughs) 17 pound weight gain like i said about 35 mexican pizzas the one that really jumped out to me robert scott gaining 19 pounds going from 315 to 334 um, Adam, I'm going to ask you about that. What do you think about that 20 pound weight gain? And then Brendan, I'll have you follow up to see, like you got to see how the weight was distributed. Adam, what do you think about Robert Scott putting on that much weight? Do you have any mobility concerns with that? Or does 334 nope. is a good weight for your tackle? I've got no concerns. I, I, I'll be curious to see where he put it on at. Did he develop his upper body some more? Cause I always thought he was a little bit thin through his upper body. Could have, mm-hmm. Needed some more strength in that in his top half. Always thought he was kind of heavy in his butt, you know, down through his thighs and all and that. 
in that region for a tackle. I'm just strictly right, speaking, right, of course, professionally, of course. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, you know, so I'm curious to see where he's carrying some of that added weight. But no, I don't, I don't have any concerns. He, he, I mean, he's best suited to play guard. Maybe they bulked him up to 230 so he can play guard. I doubt it. I'm sure, he's going to be your starting left tackle. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't worry about it. I think people are making making a lot out of nothing there. Okay. Brandon, what do you think? Did he look did it look like a good 335? I am extremely concerned. No, I don't I don't know for sure. Um I will say this, he was dealing with a lower leg injury that kind of went through during the spring and then after the spring, uh was around on on a scooter sometimes. So, uh, depending on what his mobility and workout regimen has been for the last month, I haven't checked into it. This was a, a way that I wasn't aware of this this level of gain. I have no idea what it looks like. That's one thing for context for like all of these. Uh, we've seen the guys on and off for the last month or so, or for, or I guess a month ago, uh, and then maybe periodically like in the last you know couple of weeks, but not regularly. So uh, weights are different, right? Like it just depends on how it's distributed mm-hmm. and uh, what kind of muscle mass you have and whatnot. Uh, but with uh, Robert Scott being not a hundred percent at the start of the off season conditioning program, I, I am uh, curious to see what he looks like when camp starts in a week or so that that could be a cause for concern maybe we'll see there is nothing of note to talk about for the safeties and the cornerbacks so we will just skip them uh and there's only actually maybe three more people that i want to talk about as far as like weight gain weight loss defensive end leonard warner he's down from 261 to 247 uh fabian lovett is actually up another 12 pounds from 306 to 318. And then uh, DJ Lundy, that's another guy I want to talk about. He is down to 232, and I'm not really he, – he came in at 255, I think, right? So talk about those three guys, man. What do you – Leonard Warner, that's that's interesting. He's getting slimmer. Do you do you expect him to be a factor? Like where, where do you see him out in the rotation? He's probably your fourth defensive end at best, like maybe an edge setter. Uh, maybe if he loses a little bit of weight like that as he has. And we saw a picture of him recently, and he definitely looks slimmer. I saw him at Ju- in June – the muscle definition was, yeah, I got, this is so weird. I hate talking about this. It's all right. Yeah, make it weird. The striation. <laughs> Be specific. The, the biceps, guys, were impressive. Oh, boy. Those are the show muscles. Those aren't the go muscles, man. <laughs> Mr. Olympia, <laughs> very, very animated during this weight loss, this weightlifting. Uh, Kevin's segment. definitely gone to the no gym. No one cares if the, the biceps the, the least important muscle. He's told him that himself that he's like skipped the bicep rack before or whatever. Well, I wonder. I wonder if they're cutting some weight off of every day's leg day to try to, to unlock below the waist. Oh God. <laughs> What if they're trying to unlock a little bit of explosiveness in Warner? I, the sea Kev sure. below the waist. Join our OnlyFans. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! All right, moving on. <laughs> Fabian Lovett, three eighty. Yeah, love Adam. it. What love do you it think int- about that? Love it's intriguing to me. They want to. Do they want to two gap a little bit with him and Coop? Ooh, oh, uh, that'd uh, be love cool. It lo- love it looks great. He legitimately like that's good weight that he's put on. Yeah. Like his. We're I mean, gonna go into the body part deltoids. I think he's gonna have a big year. <laughs> excited, excited to see him play. Jared Jackson's kind of hovering around. You know, curious to see what he's going to be. Can I Knock call a- shenanigans on Robert Cooper's weight? Like 335. <laughs> yeah, like you talk about when you're 335 pounds, the fluctuation day to day, 
not to bring it back to the poop thing, but you guys have like, have you <laughs> ever... but you do what you're doing it. What do you mean not to <laughs> not do to bring right it back. before you, you do it? it. You never weighed yourself before and after. And I mean, notice, yeah, like, well, that's no. maybe you coincidentally, have. but not like immediately. Either way, yes, I'm with you. That one, I'm I think just, that that's, that's just a, a copy paste. Okay. <laughs> what do what we make a Shambray Jackson up 15 pounds? Uh, he's someone that they were like kind of, uh, there were two or three guys who were being rumored in the offseason that could be transfer portal guys, and he was one of them um, to be transparent. Obviously, that didn't happen. He stuck it out. They weren't sure if he was taking things seriously, and I think that the spring weight like indicated that, like 263 at defensive tackle, like you're not handling your business. Now, mm-hmm. is it 278 now him handling his business, or is that him just having a ton of fun and uh, the Mexican pizza life? I don't, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. BL, baby, absolutely. We'll be interested to see how that weight is distributed for him for sure. But that is a pretty uh, drastic uh, uh, difference there for sure. Last guy I want to talk about, DJ Lundy, continuing to shed pounds. Um, what do we think? What do we think about him? We talked about like a third best linebacker on the team. You guys think? I mean, we've actually. I, I feel like when we've dissected DJ Lundy's game on our show, I feel like we've been more positive than the general consensus. We've seen him like either be in the right spot and something, or just be like a step off. But there's been some. I feel like we've been more impressed with the general public. I mean, what 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 do you guys think, Kev, Brandon, Adam, DJ Lundy, as far as maybe taking a pretty decently step up this year, or do physical limitations kind of limit how how much how good he can really be? Yeah, I don't think losing weight unlocks hips, unfortunately. So I think there's always going to be a level of stiffness there, just because that's what he is as a body type um, and as an athlete. But it's encouraging. Maybe it allows him to run a little bit better uh, straight line. But as far as the change of direction stuff, I don't know if it necessarily does a ton for him. What do we yeah. think? I've kind of Concur. said this before. This is kind of how I've always felt about these linebackers is that I think in today's day and age, you get a guy that looks like a safety and you bulk him up to play linebacker. I think DJ Lundy is a guy that, would have been a natural linebacker in the nineties. He's, he's got that big, thick frame. He can fill gaps. And I think for that reason, you keep him on and, and you have him in your back pocket as a guy that's in on run situations or a guy that you try to hide in the passing game. Uh, losing 15 pounds is nothing to be nothing to, I, I mean, all credit to him. I think, I think that will give him one extra step and that's going to be very important, but um, I don't think it's going to be, all these weight things are, are nowhere near as important as body composition. And so um, I, I, help, I think it's a it's good sign. A solution. Yeah. It's, right. it's positive. Like you said, a lot of these things are indicator or could be indicator of work ethic and it's going to, it's going to help out. Right. But it's not a, it's not a salve. It's not a potion. It's not a cure all, but I think comprehensive fun live stream, Adam, any questions, any quick hitters you guys want to hit before we, uh, before we hit this ending and get out of here. No, we, we went on, obviously went a little bit longer. Uh, I, I know some people dropped some questions in, on the Knowles 24-7 message board for us. Maybe we'll do a little uh, bonus episode and answer a few of those questions for people. Um, you know, I don't want to go an hour and a half. It's a little long. So I'm we'll good save with this you. for another time. I'm good with you. I got to finish up the terminal list. Listen, for my boys, my Navy SEALs, my Chris Pratt, I am Trey Rowland. This was a fun live stream off-season edition of the Triple Option. Guys. Subscribe to the Knowles 24-7 YouTube page. Subscribe to the currently the on the bench RSS feed on Apple. Uh, what's what's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? 
What's it going to be, Brendan? What's the new title for all of it? Potentially the Knowles 24-7 Podcast Network. Damn, that sounds good. Going to be new graphics. Every one of our audio is going to be there. The old This is going to be like the X's and Knowles show on that. It's going to be awesome. Going to be a great podcast network feed. Going to have a ton of content for you. Tell your friends, subscribe to the forum. Subscribe to the message board. Recruiting is going to get stupid. The VIP articles are the best in the business. Just um, just get ready. Lock in because it's going to be a fun season. We're going to be with you here all the way. Guys, I'm done. Keep chopping. Chop, 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 chop.